Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Borg Warner. Feel good about driving. Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Welcome to AutoLine Daily as we have managed to make it through the first half of the work week. Well, it's earnings season as automakers around the world tell us if they made or lost money over the last three months. And we start with Ford, which posted pretty strong results. Worldwide sales of vehicles increased 10% to nearly 1.5 million units. That pushed revenue up by 10%, which came close to $36 billion. However, the company's operating profit dropped 6% due to losses in South America and Europe, but its net profit jumped by 15% to more than $1.6 billion. All in all, a pretty good performance for Ford. But at Volkswagen, it's a different story. Even though its numbers are bigger than Ford's, the bottom line numbers are all going in the wrong direction, and not by a little bit. Even though Volkswagen managed to sell nearly 5% more vehicles, more than 2.3 million, its revenue dropped 1.6% to just over $60 billion. And that drop suggests the company is heavily discounting its cars in certain markets. But here's where the real news is. VW's operating profit plummeted by 26%, and its net profit fell 38% to about $2.5 billion. VW is still solidly profitable, but those are very big drops from the year before. Speaking of first quarter numbers, Toyota outsold GM and Volkswagen. Toyota says it sold 2.43 million vehicles, including its subsidiaries, Hino and Daihatsu. GM sold 2.36 million units, and VW rounded out the top three with just over 2.3 million in sales around the world during the first three months of the year. Electric vehicles are seen by many governments as the best solution to help the environment, but as we recently reported, a new study from Norway says that the carbon footprint of EVs may not be better than gasoline-powered cars. And that's why the CEO of Maserati, Harold Wester, says governments need to consider how the electricity to charge batteries for EVs is created when they pass those regulations. Wester claims that the average power station in Europe produces 86 grams of CO2 for an electric car to travel one kilometer. In the U.S., it's 110 grams per kilometer. In China, it's 191 grams. And of course, there are gasoline-powered cars that do better than that and at far lower cost. On Monday, Mazda scored its first victory using the Skyactiv D clean diesel engine in the Mazda 6. They did it at the famed Road Atlanta racetrack in Georgia. It was just the sixth's fourth race using the engine and the first time ever for a diesel-powered car to win a Grand Am competition. Mazda also took third place in the race. Now, we can't wait to get behind the wheel of the production version because Mazda says more than half the components in the race engine are shared in the street version of that diesel engine. The commemorative poster for the 26th annual Eyes on Design Classic Car Show just came out. This year's theme is Revolution Over Evolution, which depicts a 1948 Tucker sitting in front of the Edsel and Eleanor Ford mansion. 
And even the poster is revolutionary. It has an augmented reality feature that allows viewers with a smartphone to access brief remarks about the artist, the car, and the home. The Eyes on Design posters are always created by noted automotive artists. This one was done by Stephen Macy. Hey, coming up next, it is time for You Said It. Proven on the track and on roads around the world, Borg Warner turbochargers improve fuel economy and reduce emissions without sacrificing performance. Borg Warner, official turbocharger supplier to the Eyes on IndyCar series. And now it's time for some of your feedback. Ramon Rivera doesn't like the way Sergio Marchione pronounces his name. I used to pronounce it Marchione until I learned he pronounces it Marchione. And I know this for a fact because it was Marchione himself who told me. Anyway, Ramon says, This new pronunciation of Marchione sounds to me like a scheme to sound more American and therefore win U.S. hearts. Please don't use the new pronunciation. It sounds like name murder to me. <laughs> I don't know, Ramon. As someone who's been correcting people all my life on how to pronounce my last name correctly, I've always tried to pronounce names like the people themselves pronounce it. You know, I used to say Porsche. Now I say Porsche because that is how Ferdinand said it. Paul Phelps wonders why car dealers would want to sell hybrids. My dealer indicated there's a large investment required for a dealership to be allowed to sell these vehicles. They have to train their mechanics, buy special test gear, and install a charging station before they can order vehicles that there is little market for. Why bother? Paul, you bother to make money. The back shop is where dealerships make most of their profits. Now having said that, I can understand if a dealer is in a market where hybrids don't sell well, that they may not want to make that kind of investment. But whether it's diesels, carbon fiber, or electronic infotainment systems, dealers have to invest in the know-how and tools to service them. HTG says, please, John, how about a feature on this week's SAE meetings that you were involved with? And he's referring, of course, to a panel that I moderated at the SAE show with a bunch of motorsports experts on whether racing is relevant to the automotive industry. It was a superb discussion but it was also a two-hour-long session. As the moderator, I wasn't able to take any notes, and so as good as that panel was, and believe me, it was good, we really don't have any pictures or video or record of what was discussed. Brett has something to add to all this discussion about opposed piston engines, like from Eco Motors and Acades Power. Fairbanks Morse, he says, has produced a highly regarded opposed piston diesel engine since the 30s. They used the heck out of them in diesel submarines during World War II and are still favorites today where an engine is required that runs full-time at 80% or more of its rated load and is dead nuts reliable. Brett, I gotta tell you, thanks for that information. I had never heard of Fairbanks Morris before. And it's really cool to see that the U.S. Navy is still using opposed piston engines that can trace their roots back to over 80 years ago. Speaking of engines, Tim Burns wants to know, Hey John, any updates on the rotary engine? He's referring, of course, to Ernie Brinks, the guy that we showed you last year, who made some intriguing modifications to a rotary engine that could boost its efficiency significantly. Well, all I can tell you is that Ernie did have a meeting with Mazda to share his findings, 
but I don't know at all if it's going anywhere at Mazda. Hey, thanks for all your letters and comments. Even we learn from you. And before we go, don't forget to tune into AutoLine After Hours live tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for some of the best insider information in the business. And that wraps up today's report. Thank you for watching. We'll see you again tomorrow.